Counsel the Word, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. I'm your host, Keith Palmer, and today we're going to be talking about learning how to counsel. I am thrilled to have with me today my good friend, fellow pastor, co-laborer in the gospel, Pastor Terry Enns. So welcome, Terry, to the podcast today. Thanks, Keith. It's always great to be with you. So Terry and I have worked together for a number of years now. What a blessing it is uh, to work with such a like-minded brother in a context of a a wonderful church that uh, we both have the privilege of serving here in North Texas. And uh, one of the things that that Terry and I do regularly, both formally and informally, as part of our duties in uh, equipping the saints and, and shepherding God's people is to train and equip and and minister to people who are learning how to disciple and counsel other people. So we just want to have a conversation today. Uh, Terry and I meet together virtually every week and, and have discussions like this, and we thought we'd let you eavesdrop on our conversation this time on the podcast as we talk about learning how to disciple or learning how to counsel. So, so Terry, as you think about just helping Christians to learn how to develop discipling relationships. And, of course, by that we mean just uh, relationships, conversations that help connect people to the Word of God and what it means to walk with Him and applying those things to life and problems. Uh, what are some things that come to mind as you think about helping people to learn how to do that? Yeah, and, as I, and, and I'm not thinking specifically here just of counseling, but just, as you say, just relationships. And that that's always just time, isn't it? You, you you have to build time into the schedule to be with someone else, and that's going to sometimes be in in more formal discussions. So um, you know, two people to decide let's let's study through a book of the Bible together, and and they meet you know at six six in the morning at a at a local uh, diner, and spend some time in the Word and prayer together. And and other times it's um, hey brother, I'm having trouble getting this wall rebuilt in my house or. Um, having trouble with an oil change? Can you come over and help me? And and when you hit ha- hit your thumb with hammers together, um, you have discipleship opportunities. And it's it's just in the overflow of the context of life. And th- that's how we parent. That's how we do marriage. We just need to build in mechanisms by which we have time together. And um, even as I say that, I'm thinking about one of our counselors. We talk in counseling about uh, building involvement with our counselees. And so one of our counselors uh, was struggling with his counselee, and uh, rather his counselee was struggling. And um, and he knows that the, the counselee has horses and works with horses on a regular basis. So uh, one day he packed up his own horse, put it in a trailer, and went over to his counselee's house and spent um, an entire afternoon, four to six hours, riding horses together. And obviously they had... Lots of time to talk about a lot of things. Some of it was horses, and uh, and you know also some of it was ministry related and life related. So um, you just got to find ways to connect with other people and and build build time with people. Yeah, that's good. Obviously, we're not going to disciple if we never give ourselves time to yeah. do that. But I like what you're saying too about not just time, but we have to look for ways to use that time then strategically and not just talk about horses all day or talk about right. football all day, but to to bring Jesus into the conversation. Um, and I know sometimes when 
well-meaning Christians are like, you know, I, I want to talk about Christ, I want to talk to my neighbor or my, my son or whoever it is, it's just so hard to do that. So what are some ways that if we are giving ourselves the time, we have the context, what are some ways we can try to bring Christ and spiritual things into a conversation? Yeah, you know, actually what, what you need is my wife to be here because she's the master at this. <laughs> And you're here laughing. Yeah, we'll get because, on the next podcast. Because you know, you know her well. It, honestly, it, it at times frustrates me because we'll go for a walk and I'll see her um, just start to veer off. And it's like, where is she going? And then I, I realize she's headed for another person and she's going to go and engage in that person. Uh, it happened about three, two weeks ago. Uh, we were walking and there was a lady planting some flowers. And all of a sudden, Regina's over there. Planning, you know, talking about flowers, and I'm standing there patiently, or maybe not so quite, quite, quite so, so patiently, patiently. <laughs> uh, waiting for her. And she comes back, and I said, "You don't even know her. Why did Why did you go over there?" She said, "I didn't know, but that I might be able to turn that into a gospel conversation." And so, you know, for her, a natural conversation is flowers. What kind of flowers? What are you doing? How do you help them grow? And then, very easily, it's it's easy to move from the creation to the creator. And so she's talking about flowers, she's talking about plants, she's talking about the beauty of creation, and then she's talking about the one who's created. Do you know the creator? Um, another another time she, she met a gal at McDonald's, never had seen her before, and um, she saw her reading a Bible. And so she did the Philip method. She walked up and said, uh, do you understand what you're reading? And the gal said, I really don't. She said, do you mind if I sit down and we have a conversation? And that... That created a, a two to three year discipleship relationship that she had with that woman. So it's taking the things of ordinary life and, and since everything comes from God, there's, there's always a connection point in some way back to God. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's not hard to get to that point. Um, and everybody has an opinion on things and, and there are lots of things going on politically and culturally these days. And we can use those as bridge points to talk about truth and the one who created the truth and who's created morality, conscience. And, um, and so it's, it's not that hard if we're paying attention. Now we've got yeah. to be paying attention to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said. I think sometimes we, we tell our people that we're trained to be formal counselors, that skilled counselors know how to take any issue, any context, any situation and work backward to the gospel specifically, or maybe just to the Bible in general. Yeah. So that's good. And, you know, yeah, Regine, your wife is, is great at evangelism and that's, that's, those are some good strategies. If it's a total stranger or something like that, I suppose if it's someone we already have a relationship with and we're meeting them for a house project or a home repair or, something like that, um, you know, we can talk about um, college football or we can talk about, you know, the latest political whatever, but, you know, being intentional to say, hey, you know, how's your walk with God going this week? You know, what are you learning in your Bible? Yeah. Um, what did you get out of Pastor Terry's sermon on the conscience and, and Christian freedom last Sunday? Um, you know, just, just by asking uh, spiritual questions or and this is part of just loving people well, too, that when we meet with somebody that we have a relationship with, we can think, okay, you know, they asked for prayer for their yes. mother-in-law last week. And I can ask, hey, how's your mother-in-law doing? And you know, I've been praying for her, assuming we are praying for her. And um, and that can open up doors, too, just by paying attention to what people are going through in life. And, of course, in counseling, in formal counseling, that's why they're coming to us, right? They, they've got a specific life issue that they want to talk to us about. So, so making that connection is usually a lot easier 
Uh, but just loving people and being engaged and asking spiritual questions, I think, is a part of that, too. You know, I think sometimes people think, don't they, that when we ask those kinds of questions, we're being particularly intrusive, when in reality, a lot of times, we're waiting for that question to be asked. Somebody ask me that question. I had somebody tell me the other day, I've been going to this church for um, X number of months, and these number of people, this person knows my situation, this person knows, this person knows, this person knows, and in, and ex- and in exasperation, she said, and nobody has asked the question. I think sometimes people want to pick the context correctly. So on Sunday morning, I know a lot of situations, but I'm careful about when and where I ask things in a public setting. Um, but I think a lot of times we just kind of cop out and, and don't ask the question that really the person wants us to ask so that they can get some counsel, get some encouragement, get a prayer. And we just need to be cognizant exactly what you were talking about. Just if we're praying then asking the follow-up question, or if we know about a situation, ask the natural question. That's what one of our mentors taught us, right? Ask the next natural question. Um, So if I don't see people at church for two or three weeks, I'm often sending them a text. Hey, what's going on? You okay? I've missed seeing you. Anything I can pray for? And that's opened up lots of conversations uh, with people and and been really helpful. So so we're talking about making ourselves available, giving ourselves time. We're talking about bringing up spiritual topics. And, and you just hit a third one, and that is learning to ask the right questions and to ask the next question. And, you know, you and I as, as uh, you know, counseling supervisors, that's one of the things we're trying to help people to do is to know how to move from the behavior or the situation that we're seeing to getting more toward the heart and the motivation and what mm. people are believing and embracing. So... Uh, what are some ways you've found to help people to learn how to ask better questions so that we can really get to the heart of the matter? Anything come to mind? Um, you know, you know me well enough to know I am just a naturally inquisitive person, so I'm always probing. I'm always asking, um, um, annoyingly at times, I think, uh, for others, though I find great delight in it. Um, I think in part, you just need to learn to not take things at face value. Um, and so I'm paying attention a lot to when I ask someone, just in passing that we do all the time on Sunday morning or, you know, when we see somebody at the restaurant or the grocery store, hey, how you doing? Okay. That pause and that subdued tone makes me ask the question and I'll I'll sometimes turn it kind of into a joke. Well, that wasn't very convincing. What's really going on? Are you, are you really okay? Well, my wife and I are struggling. Hey, you got a few minutes. I'd love to talk to you about anything I can help you with, pray about whatever. So I'm just, I'm just paying attention to the cues that they're giving because everybody's given cues. And sometimes um, he may just be distracted I think people sometimes get that from me. I've had people ask me, are you okay today? It's like, yeah, I'm fine. What's going on? Why do you ask? Well, you seem distracted. Well, I'm thinking about. So, but just ask the question. Um, and, and for those that don't know you, you are probably one of the most vigilant people that I know. <laughs> and and this, this is good, guys, because I think what Pastor Terry is saying is, we have to learn to pay attention. We have to learn to look for nonverbal 
yeah. cues. We need to look for you know facial expression, tone of voice. Uh, those are things we teach in formal counseling, and, and we're not. The, the one thing would be was like we're, we're not satisfied with an ambiguous answer. Yeah, exactly. And we're willing to go the step further and not be so eager to you know get to the milk and eggs that we need to pick up from the store and go home. We're willing to take the time yes. with that person in that moment, put our agenda aside, and ask the next question. But for a lot of people, you know, that's very. It seems very natural because you're a very vigilant person. Uh, for a lot of us, we have to learn those skills. So I like what you're saying. You'll know, pay attention to that. Listen for pauses, facial expression. And then just be willing to ask the next question and, and to not be satisfied yeah. with something that's vague or unconvincing. And, and to do so in love, you know, not in a way that is, you know, pestering or anything like that. But, you know, hey, I'm, I'm concerned about that. Um, I think, too, uh, we, we think about going from behavior to the heart as well. And that's where our Bibles help us. Because the Bible teaches, uh, for example, Jesus talks about it in Luke 6, and, and we learn about it in Proverbs 4.23, where Solomon talks about, you know, from the overflow of the heart, right, uh, is, is the springs of life, that, that we, don't, we don't just stop in conversation with somebody saying, oh, I had a fight with my wife, or, you know, I lost it with my kids, or, um, you know, this happened at work. But but we ask a question designed to say, well, you know, how did how did you feel in that situation, or mm-hmm. what were you thinking, yep. or um, uh, I like to ask this question: uh, How does your faith help you to deal with that situation? Yeah. And that's a, that's a very benign way to start bringing theology and a person's walk with God into a situation yeah. where maybe they're not thinking about their walk with God, or, or maybe it's kind of gone by the wayside. Um, so those are things I've done. Um, we, we've both benefited from David Pallison's X-ray questions, yes. uh, which if those of you not familiar with uh, David Pallison, his X-ray, X-ray questions, it was an article in the Journal of Biblical Counseling, and then it was published, I think, in his book, Seeing with New Eyes um, by, uh, by PNR there. You can find that. But it's just, it's just a list of questions designed to draw out the heart. Um, so those are some things that, that might be helpful. Yeah, and I like what you're saying about um, moving from vagueness to specificity. You know, we talk about that in counseling to not to not counsel with a shotgun approach where you're just being very broad and general, but to move um, with laser-like specificity on one particular issue. And that's what you're doing. Oh, I don't feel well. Well, you know, what, you don't feel physically or, or spiritually or mentally or, you know, what, what's going on? Oh, you know, the fight with my wife. Well, what were you fighting about? Um, what do you think you wanted in that moment when you were fighting with your wife? What, what was driving you? What was compelling you? That seems to be an insignificant issue. Um, and I think you would agree with that. But so what was it that, that was motivating you to pursue what you were pursuing in that conflict with your wife, et cetera? So, um, and you're right. I mean, just in saying that, that reminds us that we have to know our Bibles uh, as a means toward asking better questions. Yeah. You know, the Bible gives us the framework for understanding why people do what we do. And that framework then allows us to craft and better direct questions uh, in order to get to the heart. So, um, But speaking of the Bible, you know, so at some point we've given it time, right? We're asking good questions. We're making ourselves available. We're trying to get to the heart. So let's say we've done all that, and now now we're dealing with, you know, I'm just so frustrated my wife always does this thing, or I'm just so discouraged because our oldest daughter just told us that, you know, she made this decision that's heartbreaking. And so, so, so now we're in the moment where we know what's going on, we've established relationship, we're kind of to the heart of the matter. 
at some point we need to take the word of God and minister it to somebody according to the need of the moment. So how do we learn how to do that? How do we learn to do that or what do we do? Sure. Yeah, let's talk about both. <laughs> you know, I, I think some of the, you've already alluded to it, you know, asking the question something like, well, how, is, how has Scripture helped you or what Scriptures have helped you or where have you gone to in the Scriptures to help you think about that issue? Or do you see your response as a problem? Do you see your child as the problem, your adult child that's making a foolish decision? Um, do you see your boss as, as the problem? Or do you see your response to the problem as your problem? Um, and you're smiling because most of the time with most of us, we, we don't see ourselves as the problem. We legitimize our response, even if it's sinful and excuse that, and we don't excuse or we don't make allowance for uh, what the others have done. So, um, so you know, you, you want to ask the question, what, what are you thinking, how are you processing, what, what scriptures are helping you um, to respond in a way that honors Christ? You know, one of the things we're always doing with our counselors is that's all well and good, but what is your primary objective here? Um, as, as we're training our counselors to help their counselees, we want their counselees to hear repeatedly, I have one objective, and that's, that's to please Christ, to honor the Lord, to glorify God. All those are the same way of saying the same thing, that Christ is preeminent. So we want to help that person that we're in conversation with in the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, too, when we're trying to learn this and do it, one of the best ways to get into that is to watch other people that do it well. Uh, You and I have favorite preachers that are faithful expositors, meaning people that, that major on just explaining the Bible from the pulpit. And you know what you and I would agree that that's, that's the point of preaching, but there are preachers that do that, that are better or worse at application. Mm -hmm. And what we're trying to do in counseling, of course, is not just exposit the word, you know, rightly handle it, rightly interpret it, but then to direct its application toward that person's particular situation. So I think listening to preachers that are good at not just interpreting and preaching, but applying the word is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think hanging out with people that, that do that well, you know, you and I both benefited from listening in on and sitting in with uh, seasoned Christians that not only understand the Bible, but yeah. know how to apply it to life. Yeah. I think reading appropriate books can be helpful. I know every now and then a book comes out and and it's taking a topic in the counseling world that maybe we haven't really thought about um, deeply or at all even, and we look at some passages that might be familiar but applied to a topic that we never really thought about. You, oh yeah, that, of course. Why, why, why didn't I think of that? And so so books and listening and sitting in, I think, can all be helpful ways to do that. And of course, hopefully, if if you're listening to this and you're in a local church. You know, we would hope that there are you know people in your church that are doing this, that your pastor's doing that yeah. from the pulpit. There are discipling ministries going on, both formally and informally, and uh, and you can sit in and benefit from you know learning that from other people. You know, one of the things I don't, I haven't done it um, a huge amount of times, but um, I know one of one counselor I was supervising, he was really struggling with how to connect, how to how to be much more specific in taking one passage and working it into his counselee's life. And his counselee was having a particular problem. And I'll say it was just kind of scattershooting and and being very broad. And so one of the things I did with him was I said, okay, 
um, let's take this topic, and then I took a passage, and I said, let's talk about it, but let's role play it. So I'll play you, and you play your counselee. Mm -hmm. And so he acted like his counselee and gave the kinds of objections or questions that his counselee was giving, and then I was taking that passage and just very slowly working it in. So for about 20 minutes, we just role played. And and he was able not just to see, but really in a sense to experience um, what that looks like when we're trying to work that passage into someone's life. Yeah, that's good, and and I think we can take cues from Scripture, you know, from Ezra seven ten to First uh, Timothy mm-hmm. four sixteen that yeah. emphasize that before we try to minister to somebody else, we need to get skilled at applying the word of God to our own hearts. And and I wonder if sometimes we wrestle with doing it with other people because the reality is uh, our own walk with God is not nearly as applicational, as specific as it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And and that's where I think it can start just on our own walk with God and applying God's word specifically. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, James talks about, you know, being an, a, an effectual doer, not just a hearer of the word and Jesus talks about uh, not just hearing the word of God and not acting on it, but acting on it in Matthew 7. So I think it starts there. And um, as we become better skilled at applying the word of God to our own hearts, I think that that not only equips us, but actually qualifies us then to go and and share it with other people. And, um, and I think, you know, a, a loving spouse can help us to develop that, you know, when we're working through problems and Sometimes our spouses can help us to be more specific than we are being or uh, working that out in the context of parenting. Um, Those are relationships where we can sort of craft that skill and hone that skill uh, a little bit better. You think sometimes people are also afraid of what might come up? Um, So if I ask... If I ask you the question, hey, you look sad today, and Keith does not look sad today, but if you look sad today, you know, what's going on? Am I... Am I maybe hesitant to ask that question just because of fear? I'm fearful of what I might hear and my inability to help that person in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. I, mean, I think sometimes we don't ask the question because we're afraid of not knowing the answer mm-hmm. if an issue were to come up. And you know, I tell formal formal counseling students this all the time, and I know you do as well. It's okay to tell somebody, "I don't know, but I'm going to go find out." Or I don't know, but I've got a great pastor who's got a lot of books and a lot of experience, and I'm sure he's going to be able to help me. And and uh, you know, it's better to do that than to not ask the question. Yes. Better to do that than to punt and try to give an answer when you really don't know what you're talking about and potentially misguide somebody. Yes. Uh, but that's okay. Or, or or better say, hey, let, let's let's figure this out together. Yeah. You know, let's like you talked about earlier. You know, meeting and having a more formative relationship of studying a particular topic or or whatever. But um, yeah, that, that's the beauty of, of uh, the humility of the body of Christ is none of us are experts and we're all working this out in community. And, and sometimes that means we're going to have to go study a topic that we're not as familiar with. And mm-hmm. But that's okay. It's yeah. okay to do that. Yeah. Well, hey, this has been a great conversation and, and maybe we need to have part two sometime. But uh, I, I think, I think uh, there's such an emphasis in Scripture on just... Um, Spiritual friendships, right? Just uh, relationships that would move toward Christ in the context of a loving um, relationship where the word of God and our faith takes a a center stage Mm. as we apply those things to the life experiences that we're going through. So I appreciate the conversation, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Great. It's good to be with you always. Thank you for listening to Counsel the Word. 
For more information about the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship, you can visit us on our website at thecbcd.org. And speaking of training, uh, we want to invite you to our fall uh, Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship training conference that will take place this fall, uh, 2021, over three different weekends, uh, one in September, one in October, and one in November. And if you are in the uh, greater Dallas-Fort Worth area, we'd love for you to uh, join us in that training event. We have three different uh, tracks from uh, the beginning track where you learn the basics of biblical counseling all the way to our advanced track and uh, and some stuff in the middle. So uh, we'd love for you to join us for that. If you can't make it on campus here in North Texas, we do offer a live stream option and you can participate in that way. So if you're interested in joining us for that training event, you can read more about it as well as sign up on the website. Again, that is thecbcd.org. Thank you.